What's up, everybody? This is It's Real with Jordan and Demi. I'm here alongside Jordan Edwards, and I am particularly excited for today's episode because we have Earth Eater. And a lot of her fans, such as myself, I'm a big fan. Um, she's a total mystery to some people. Uh, she's dynamite. Her music speaks for itself and is kind of unlike anything out there. So let's welcome her to the show, everyone, Earth Eater. Hi. Hello. <laughs> We had a crazy start. How are you? Where are you? I am in the Cayman Islands, currently quarantined in a lovely hotel suite. Um, it's pretty much the most ideal sort of quarantine situation you can have. Got this lovely oh my goodness. view. I got a lovely view of pools and hot tubs and the ocean that I haven't been able to touch yet. So, Are you on vacation? Um, no, it's an art uh, residency. And um, the Caymans have been very good at controlling COVID. There's literally no cases of COVID on the island at all because they're so strict about quarantining. So whether you test negative or positive, whatever, like I test negative and here I am for 15 days of isolation. And um, it's, it's, it's lovely though. I can't wait to actually go swimming in that like aquamarine blue though. I'm just like itching i um, actually discovered you a few years back um you were i think you were doing your thing in la um in the scene over there and i believe it was this guy jordan from this uh college radio station he plays in the band uh girl pusher who put me on to you and it was just like you couldn't miss it it was you know what i mean it, it was amazing never seen anything like it um uh what was it like coming up in that scene because you're based in new york now yeah, I've, I feel like I've had so many past lives of music scenes, which um, I'm really grateful, grateful for, honestly, like, um, because it's informed my, it, it just it allowed me to like satisfy so many different urges. Um, and also just meet so many different people that are making such different types of music. And I think um, besides just like really fun and extremely overstimulating, like uh, it was a cool challenge to distill it all into how, like into something that I could process and then regurgitate. But I mean like that, Girl Pressure is a like really loud, noisy, heavy band. And um, I, in Iris Siri, you can kind of hear it, which is my like, now it's my third, it's three albums ago. Um, but my most of my albums, I think, don't really express the kind of like heaviness that I was participating in, which, I kind of only did live um, and because like I would be playing with these bands like, you know, Girl Pusher, Dream Crusher. Yeah. They all sound the same. ER <laughs> bands. Wild, um, hard, hard. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Show Me the Body and um, these like amazing, heavy, super crazy bands. And I just saw all of a sudden, like I'd be just, playing and then all of a sudden I just have to sort of like get to that level 
Um, and I think I've finally simmered down and I'm, I'm like ready to like play some nice, like, well, and I have, I'm, COVID interrupted that, but the whole plan with this album was for me to like finally like um, get back to playing more acoustic sets. Um, but yeah, that, I feel really, really grateful for being part of that scene. Um, yeah. Your uh, latest album, Phoenix, you made, you released like an adapted, ver I don't know what you would call it, like a La Petite Mort version of that uh, this year. What was that about in terms of why, why did you release this alternate version of, of the album track by track? During, obviously the last 12 months have been some of the weirdest times I think any of us, any of us have experienced. It was very weird for me create creatively. Like in the beginning, I kind of had a couple like sort of like echoing bursts of inspiration from all the like the hamster wheel I was in earlier, but then it kind of like pittered out to just like the river was running dry. Um, luckily it wasn't an issue because I was like going through an album campaign. So I was like focused on this album coming out and videos and press and all this. Um, if someone was yelling at me to be making a record, I would have been like, Dude, I, I cannot, I'm, <laughs> I just would have been in a torture. So I really wasn't creating much. Um, and then, you know, Phoenix came out and I, I was frustrated, dude. Like, I was like, not gonna lie. I was like, missed touring. I missed playing out, out live. I missed feeling inspired to get in the studio. I just wasn't really feeling a lot. And I, on top of that, I could not sleep. My insomnia was like, getting pretty bad. Um, and so I was looking for ways to just calm my thoughts down calm it all down, calm my anxiety down, calm all this processing. And also the sort of processing of having just released this album. I wanted to listen to it, I wanted to feel it, but I was also sort of sick of listening to it at the same time. So I wanted a new way to process it. And, um, and I wanted to listen to it while I was going to sleep. So, and so you found a sleep, you made like a sleep version of the album. Yeah. You know what's the coolest thing about your work to me is, you know, you have, you do a lot of cool things with production, but her stripped down with a guitar, okay, is probably one of the most beautiful and like, I, I mean, I was watching this set that you did, just you and a guitar. Um, it it's crazy how you can do both, you know, it was so, it was so beautiful. And I feel like maybe a lot of people don't even know that side of you exists. Um, what's your relationship like with your guitar? How did that start? When did you start playing? So definitely my, rela my relationship with guitar is a romantic, juicy, loving one. Um, but we have, we, we've definitely had a couple breakups, um, but we're back together <laughs> and we're feeling really good. <laughs> I started playing, in high school and um i basically oh 
you guys just no, we're here we're here it's like it's it's like a, it's like cable news where you can go to one camera or all, all I, I see. okay cool yeah yeah um yeah. yeah i started playing in high so i was homeschooled like i said oh, earlier i said i was homeschooled i forget if i said it here but um i was i was homeschooled until sophomore year of high school and um I went to public school for the first time ever, you know, 15 years old. And obviously it was like extremely intense to process. Um, but I quickly realized something, which was like the kids that could play music and that were in bands and like whatever, rapping, making music, they just had this they had something when I saw them walking through the halls, it was like this force field or something like they, and I remember thinking to myself, I can do that. I played violin, you know, I was raised playing violin for years when I was younger and I quit defiantly. But then when I was in public school, that's when I was like, wait a minute, I can do this. I know how to do this. I know music. I can feel it. And, um, I, picked up guitar and I kind of like forced myself to master it quite quickly. I locked myself in my room, would just come home from school and like close my door and just go in. And I just got obsessed with finger picking. I got obsessed with making the guitar sound like more harpy, more. Did you get into classical guitar at all? Listening to like actual, you know, classical guitar? I listened to some classical guitar, but to be honest, I don't really listen to a lot of guitar music. I don't really fetishize guitar music. I don't really have idols that are guitar people. So when you were I, doing this finger picking, what was kind of the, the inspiration behind the sound that you were making? Nothing outward, nothing from outside. I, I just like, I needed a blueprint to sing on top of. I needed something that I could latch onto and build songs out of. And to me, the guitar was just the easiest and most accessible tool. Um, it like, you know, a, a piano or a keyboard is similar, but a less, a little bit less flexible in like, I could just bring the guitar, guitar with me anywhere. And um, yeah, it's just, I and also playing violin. I was, a, I was accustomed to strings. So I wanted to play something that had like, you know, the reverberation of like a suspended string. So yeah, I don't know. I just fell in love and I mastered it, but, but yeah, I don't, nothing from outside inspired my guitar style. It was really just a tool. I want to talk about faith consuming hope. Mm -hmm. With okay. the video just dropped yesterday. On freaking Vogue. Thank you so, so much. Which, I mean, if you have There's a still from right there. <laughs> out of this world, okay? And the concept is is one thing I want to get into, but um, one thing I noticed on the caption of the Instagram post, the most recent Instagram post, was that you said that you grew up with a lot of nuns. Mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the nuns. So my mom, um, is very religious and um she raised us well again homeschooled so just imagine like you know there's the only real so like for a long time the only socialization i was even getting was just going to monasteries um and there were a lot of kids there actually i grew up with a lot of kids hanging out with other 
kids at the monastery, but I was also hanging out with a lot of nuns and monks. We would, you know, I had three brothers. So obviously when I was like staying at the monastery by myself, it was always with nuns. It was always at the, at the female monastery with the nuns. Um, in Orthodoxy, they don't call them convents. Um, that's a Catholic thing. Um, so yeah. So, and, and we were, my mom was really into the strictest sect of Orthodoxy. So it was, um, yeah, it was very, very strict. We fasted a lot. We fasted for maybe probably like a quarter, if not a little bit more of the year we were fasting. Um, we went to church um, multiple times a week. It was absolutely not an option to miss church. Um, some of the services were, you know, four, five, six hours long. And um, a lot of Christian um, sects find like orthodoxy to be really, really foreign. I mean, it's one of the smaller um, sects of Christianity, but like, you know, it's, it's, it's really, it's an intense one. Um, having already rebelled and done all that, now going back to see it, to like reprocess it is a really interesting thing. Um, Where did you film the video? I filmed the video in Kiev, Ukraine. Jordan's yeah. a music video director. Yeah, I noticed like the, I noticed that you had like that kind of orthodox looking yeah. architecture behind you. That it, yeah. I, I thought I thought it might have been Russia or mm -hmm. I someplace in Eastern Europe. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's. Did you go to the Ukraine specifically to shoot the video? No, actually. So it's amazing how it sort of all just fit together. Um, Elliot, the director, hit me up and was like, hey, um, I'm a huge fan of your work. I want to pay for a video if you want. I want to produce it. I want to help you make this happen. Because, you know, at this point, I really haven't had any type of budget for a video on that scale. So I really just want to, like, shout out Elliot for really believing in me. You know, it does, it's a total dream come true. People don't usually do that. Um, yeah, so he just really believed in me and wanted to make it happen. He had already had multiple experiences filming out there because there's a very famous, cool production company called Radioactive there in Kiev. That video of FK Twigs when she's on the um, with the stripper pole. Yeah. Damn. That was filmed with Radioactive in Kiev. Um, a couple of Slow Ties videos were filmed there. Um, and the hack is like you know, I think like, you know, it's like 20 G's is like half a mil. There is like- you know, Oh yeah, yeah, you, your, your money stretches further, sure. Yeah, um, so a lot of people film their stuff there and the, the production company is just the best. They're so great and they love it, you know? And um, so when he told me that we were gonna film in Ukraine, he's like, we're gonna fly to Ukraine, now tell me what you wanna do. What idea do you have? And I was like, this is crazy. Like my mom, literally like her main religious experience that like sort of spiraled her into her like really intense devout Christianity is because she had a, a, an experience in Kiev. 
Um, and I was like, Kiev is like part of my. It's like a full circle thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. So I was like, I need to somehow reference this, and um, yeah, and um, I'm also I love I love a cheeky story. I love being provocative. So I was like, oh my god, let's do a runaway nun story. Everyone's gonna love it. <laughs> so good. So good. So we the end where he's like down and you're up. Is like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, also weirdly the the church that she was in when she had her like experience was Saint Vladimir and then my I call him my video vixen, the cute little old man that was in my <laughs> video. His name was Vladimir. So, it just yeah, it all lines up. Stars oh wow. That's the so instrumentals cool. on Earth Eater songs. I really wanted to talk to you about because like I said, unlike anything I've ever heard. Really, like the sounds that you use no, nothing ever really sounds like the last track as well. So who produces your beats? So um, I, I've made everything pretty much. No way. Until um, Trinity. Trinity was my first like real collaborative record. Um, and then with, with, uh, with those beats, like for instance, with Ace Mo and I, it was very like, half and half we were definitely neck and neck the whole time and um and then, then at the end of the day i'm definitely executive producing things like but it was super fun like with asmo i'd be on my laptop with my headphones designing packs for him so i'd be like designing all the bass sounds and like writing the synth lines in the bpm that we he was already making like stuff in like he'd be he'd be working on like the skeleton and yeah. I'd be going in with all the ear candy the like guts. What's the, yeah yeah like well you know and the, the sort of chord progressions and then i'd export this these packs for him and then he'd go ahead and put them in um so and it's really fun and i you know getting just super nitty-gritty we just like stay up just like pop half an adderall and drink a six pack of beer and just like stay up all night and go crazy um but we made that record so fast and then like with um kiri you know kiri and i sat down together these are just all my friends that i was living like 10 blocks from we were all just like walking over to each other's houses when we started making that album it, there was no like idea of an album or anything it was just like after a party going to somebody's house 6 a.m making a track you know and then before you know it was like before you knew it i was actually flushing out this album and then tony selter was like yo ace mo sent me that track i need to make you a beat so then i went over to tony selter's studio and i i love tony um and I, I worked with his brother carlos who recorded some of my um chamber uh arrangements in my second album chrysalis and so it's, it's just family shit. Like, it's just literally family stuff. Like, you know, community, family, Brooklyn, easy. Yeah, we're, we're in it. We're, we're both, I'm a Brooklyn person. Demi's around. Yeah. Demi's in the Bronx right yeah. now. That's, and, you know, like, I'm, I'm picky with collaboration. Like, I, I, I get asked to collaborate all the time. And really, if I don't know you IRL, I just, I'm not going to force it. You know, that kind of vibe works for some people to like really do that sort of industry clout thing where you're like, well, I'm kind of hot right now and you're kind of hot right now. Let's uh, do this thing, you know, but 
I'm just, I really need to have that like juicy, real connection in person. Um, unless I obsessed over your music for years. So that, that is happening with a couple of people right now. I can't, can't tell you yet, but um, I love the I secret, the secret pamphlet <laughs> future collaborations. I we did, yeah, you can't tell us. Yeah. I, Jimmy mentioned your production and you know, you have this a lot, you have so many layers and sounds and things coming out. And if you listen with headphones, it's even more intense. It's you really care about the audio files. So you may be listening to your music as well. Not just people watching on YouTube or listening you on Spotify. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. We're nerds here. We're nerds here. Oh, yeah. um, are you one of those people who can never leave a track alone? Do you always have like, are you like, this is not finished. This is not finished. Or can you put stuff to bed? Um, I'm sure my collaborators are going to be shaking their head if they listen to this. I'd say that I know when a track is done, but yes, I am like an extreme stickler. I'm very, very detail oriented until I get to that point. I know when to just say, all right, that's it. It's perfect. Done. But I will push and 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 push until I get to that moment. And I definitely have been in situations where when I'm still pushing, they're like, Alex, you're never going to think this track is done. You're never, never, never. And no one's going to know the difference. That's another thing people will say to you too. Yeah, no, but to me, I need it to be like just magical. Like I'm like, uh-uh, like this one, you know, stem is panned too much to the left. We got to bring, you know, we need to like slide it in here by three to five. This is giving me anxiety just thinking about all the little, the oh, geez. Yeah. I love it. The devil's in the detail. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Aside from your music, though, I mean, you've created such a fantasy um, with your videos, with your visuals. Um, I mean, it's so staple to you and it feels so authentic to you as well. Um, I'm wondering what about the like Alex, the little girl growing up, um, how did she find her way and become Earth Eater today? Oh, Especially on the visual side, where did the, the, the <laughs> origins of, of your, there's the album cover from Phoenix. First of all, let's hit the brakes. Tell us about this album cover. <laughs> okay, I'll hold that thought about the little girl. Um, so, Daniel uh, Sandwald, I don't know if you're familiar with him. He he did Travis Scott, a lot of Travis Scott's last work and like Tiana Taylor's amazing album cover with like all the jewelry. He's just like a superstar um, photographer and um, sort of like a similar situation. Like Elliot just, I guess finally I've proved to people that I've got something um, to share and to collaborate with. And he hit me up and he kind of like, well, actually he hit the label up and just request, like, I want to shoot Earth Theater's album cover. And we, you know, we were like, I don't know if we can afford you, dude. And he's like, let's make it work, whatever, however we can make it work. So we negotiated something and um, it was just like an insanely exciting experience. It was, I, again, I, it was like, you know, scary, but this is why Daniel is such a good artist. Like he was like, we're just going to try this one little thing. It'll take five minutes. I, I That's the trick. Photograph- That's the photographer trick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Usually I'm the one with all the ideas. I, and this guy really pulled, really surprised me. Cause he's like, I got some pyrotechnics on set. And 
these guys are like, oh, don't worry, it's not gonna hurt. And I'm like, okay, fine. I stand, and Daniel's like, just stand over it. And that first blast when he hit the button was like- <laughs> Sparks up the booty. Excruciating. And I was like, you guys, it doesn't hurt when you're wearing clothes. I'm completely naked with like a string of little metal beads in my <sighs> like. <laughs> so how many, how many blasts of pyrotechnics did you get? I mean, you know what? This is the crazy thing is Daniel was not that far off when he said it was only going to be five minutes. I could only take maybe seven, eight minutes of this because it was so hard. The That's still a long time. You get a lot eyes. of shots in in seven I minutes. had fake eyelashes. I could feel the sparks catching fire to my fake eyelashes. <laughs> I was just like extremely uncomfortable. You know, he's on the floor shooting right at my butt. <laughs> fire. I was just like, what is, what am I doing? And um, of course he knew that I was the only bitch that would go along with it even for eight minutes. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm swearing. I don't know if there's. No, like it's fine. This is, this okay. is uh this is not a family show. Okay. <laughs> Potty mouth. Potty mouth. <laughs> And then eventually when he showed me this still, I was screaming. I, I just like, I know when something's good when it scares me. Like, and to this day, it doesn't, I don't think I'll ever get rid of it because I was raised so conservative and so religious. When something is this like crazy cuckoo, I like, I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Like this, I'm being so crazy. Like it just, it, I, I'll never be desensitized from like feeling how crazy I am. <laughs> and nope. um, you know, I think I started when, when I had to, when it was coming down to the wire and they were like, you have to pick a record cover. Is it going to be this image? Do you want it to be this image? I started to get cold feet. I was a little scared. I was like, oh my God, this is kind of crazy. Like. Is it really gonna be this album cover? I'm I'm like embarrassed to admit it because obviously everyone's like, this is fab. And I'm like, this is fab. But I was getting cold feet, but that's when you know it's good. Yeah, absolutely. That's so that's, that's rewind it a little bit as Demi tried to get, uh, Demi kind of set up before. Where did the origins of the Earth Eater aesthetic come from like when you were younger? Well, I always loved fantasy. I always loved, like, I've been a closet. I try not to talk about it too much, but, like, yeah, so I'm a, I, I try to keep it on the low, like, L-O-T-R to the max fan. Like, my next video that's coming out is, like, if Erwin had sex with Gollum and had, like, a love child. Like, that's, like, the vibe. I feel like we're, we're like, due for a Lord of the Rings revival because it's been about 20 years since the movies came out. So I feel like, you know... <laughs> Yes. I mean, sign me up. Can you, can I like, please like be cast as an elf or something like me? Absolutely. Or, or like an some... ogress, like maybe in like an ogre, like a... <laughs> I've never even heard that ogress. <laughs> well, and you need some kind of cool like bow and arrow or some kind yes. of cool like, you know, yeah. Uh, I need to be yeah, just like with those like two machetes in each hand. Just yes. Playing. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I always loved fantasy. I always loved like video games. I never, I never played video games. I would always start the game where you design your character and that was all I wanted to do. And then yeah. I ditched it out. 
Um, yeah, honestly, you know, you say that is you when you're fully like you are now in this great dress and your hair with the braids, you could easily be like a character in a fighting game. You know, I, I was peeping my YouTube comments yesterday on the video and they're like, every day she becomes more of an RPG girl. And I was like, <laughs> yes, yes. This is like what I'm trying to manifest. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember that game. Do you remember that game Saints Row 3? I remember Saints Row, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, or Saints Row 3 was the one that I had. And uh -huh. like, you know, I just loved, like you could design every teeny tiny, I'm sure you could do it. I haven't, I haven't checked in on the video game situation for a while, but like, I would just obsess with like making these characters. And then I would film myself, like kind of just walking around. I have like tons, eventually I wanted to make music videos of them. I never did. But, Did you um, get into uh, World of Warcraft? Be honest. I I never got into it, but I love the aesthetic. Like I'm into it. Like, and surprise, surprise, tons of my friends are like World of Warcraft. I feel like you would be friends with. No offense, you'd be friends with kind of nerdy, geeky, yes. like art, art, I art. Think so I, I feel like art nerds are like your kind of people. They are. Well, the it's like it's like art outcast partner you know there's so many different parts of what art you know whatever yeah but like, sure i the, the like the sort of downtown super cool like social art, art socialite art kids i'm like i can't it's like i'm a little i always mm. <laughs> they're, they're, cool. they're cool yeah i you know i don't know but yeah the the super like gawky nerdy ones are my favorite i love like i love socially awkward people it's 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 that's the sort of like and i love getting figuring someone out, figuring out how to make it. I remember this one time it was during the summer. I saw you in like this crowd. It was at warehouse Brooklyn and someone had literally set up. This is when it was like COVID, um, but people were still partying and literally someone set up in a tent, a DJ booth. And I think it was like 200 people there just in a street before the cops came a few hours later. It was totally illegal. And I saw you there and I just could see right maybe a mile away it was you. And I recognized you and I was like, okay, cool. Like, what do you think about what's going on right now in terms of the electronic scene in New York City um, and just people throwing down and making crazy house? And I mean, what would you call that? Um, um, I, what do you call that genre? Oh, like the sort of New York, well. It's almost like the 90s or the 80s again, you know, underground. Yeah, it's it's chameleon it's chameleon esque, chameleonic. Chameleonic, yeah, that's a great word. Chameleonic. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, I've always been my own satellite. I've and I drift and I orbit many different scenes, but I don't think I've ever been like the center of a scene. Like I think that like. Um, so it's hard for me to speak on specifically, but I have a lot of friends in that scene, um, and that, you know, are DJs and DJing these parties. And, um, I think it's fab. I think that, you know, I get a little claustrophobic sometimes. And luckily, like before COVID, I was, I was touring a lot because, but I like, you know, I think that um, I'm excited to see how things are going to develop in the future. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of house, there's a lot of techno. 
And what I've noticed is a lot of kids do like to just start playing techno because it's cool and I could find it to be pretty nauseating. Um, you can gear up for that kind of music pretty easily. That. What's that? I said you can gear up for that kind of for electronic music. It doesn't take a whole lot of equipment to make something, you know. Yeah. So it's an easy. It's a thing that people can gravitate gravitate to if they don't have a lot of money or a lot of room. And in New York, you don't have a lot of room for Makes full sense. drum kits and stuff like that. So oh yeah, as far as like live music, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I mean. I, yeah. I mean, when, if you have a laptop, you can do so much. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think I just love people making stuff and, and exploring and it, it's beautiful. And I don't know, I feel a little bit like literally, I feel a little like when you ask me that question, it, I'm, I feel so distant from it because it's been so long. Well, and you're in a tropical island atmosphere now. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're in the place. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, it's, I feel like you're referencing a dream. You're like, you're like, it's like you're asking me about a dream that I forgot to write down. And I'm <laughs> like, what did that happen? What happened? Like, <laughs> before we let you go, we have to talk about this fashion show that you were involved with. Yes. Throw that up, Hope, producer. Hope, throw that up Look there. That. Oh, yeah. What is wow. this? this whole dress, this whole situation, tell us about it. Oh my God. Well, Casey and Haley figured out how to defy gravity when it comes to the Tatas. <laughs> um, I don't know how they did it. Like, usually I need like- a There's some backstage. Wow. Or... <laughs> oh yeah, look at that. Um, they are, this is my third season with Mugler now. And I think, this outfit is a testament to that because they really know my body and they know how to complement it and how to work with it. And they just completely uh, blew me away. And I feel so grateful that someone knows the topography of my body so well. <laughs> and if you want to see, there's a video of this, of uh, the, uh, the runway show is available for people to see as well, which is, it was a really cool runway show. And hope you threw that, that photo up um, the first photo from the runway show. If you and behind you, there's a model with a camera on her head. So this is not just like a, a typical runway show. I love how it was very just black background and every, monochromatic and just this high key lighting it was just gorgeous to look at. So yeah. I'd encourage everyone to look at that. All right. Got so it. that is about all the time we have. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. It's a lot I of fun. It was, and it was a lot of fun to see the, the Cayman Islands, to see this little tropical, to have a little mini vacation in our small New York apartments. You know. <laughs> yes. Stay tuned on my Instagram. I'll start. When I leave quarantine, you're going to see way more. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. So the album themes Bye. is out now. The new video is out. Um, thank you so much for being here. And we will talk to you later. Demi, there you go. You're a big fan. I'm that a much. fan, bro. I'm yeah. A, yeah. Yeah, that was really cool. And she's everything I expected and more. Um, I can't wait to see what she does next. Like, what's going to happen next with her? 
And I love how she's so open about talking about her aesthetic and her music and her background. You know, some people who are have um, who are more on the performance art side who have really striking visuals sometimes aren't willing to discuss the origins of their looks, the origins of their music, because they wanted to remain a mystery. And I, I, I think, I thank her for you know being open for that about that. All right, guys. So thank you so much for joining us on It's Real with Jordan and Demi. You can go to popdust.com for an archive of all our past shows. You can follow me on Instagram at Jordan Edward Studio. You can follow Demi on Instagram at Demi underscore Ramos. And we will be on Twitter soon. I'm on Twitter now. Demi will be on Twitter soon. And so you can catch us on that as well. So until next week, we'll see you later. Take it easy. Mm-hmm.